This is Radio Ukraine International with the weekly program Ukraine Global, written by Viktoria Krukova, presented by Vera Kravchenko and produced by Irina Samsonova. This edition of Ukraine Global is about the situation in Crimea after an explosion on the bridge over the Kerch Strait, the underground resistance movement of Ukrainians and Crimean Tatars called Atesh, and the general mood of Crimean residents. Are they scared and still confident that Crimea is Russian forever, or are they looking forward to greet the Ukrainian army? For the answers, stay tuned to Ukraine Global. Ukrainian media uploaded information about more than 150 military installations in occupied Crimea by analyzing Planet Lab's satellite images of military bases, airfields, air defense deployment sites and the Russian Black Sea Fleet ships. According to them, one of the main military facilities in Crimea is the port of Sevastopol, where, shortly before the full-scale invasion, Russia transferred numerous ships not only from the Black Sea, but also from the Baltic and Northern fleets. In particular, satellite images of Planet Labs, dated November 9th, identified large landing ships, patrol ships, missile boats and a cruiser. The latter is either the flagship of the Black Sea, Admiral Makarov, or its analogue, Admiral Essen. Some of the ships that launch Kaliber cruise missiles on Ukraine are located near Holland Bay. According to Ukrainian military experts, Kaliber missiles are stored not only in the ship's launch silos, but also in depots in Crimea. So they are potential targets for the Ukrainian armed forces. Separately, Radio Liberty journalists drew attention to military facilities in Jankoy, in the north of the peninsula. First, the airfield, which is now Russia's central logistics hub and home base for attack helicopters. The airfield often receives cargo planes and Suhoi-25 attack jets. The Belbek airfield is located near Sevastopol. Fighter jets are stationed there. Planet Lab's images, dated November 15th, showed Su-27S, Su-27SMs, Su-34s and MiG-31s at the airfield. One of the main air groups of the Russian army is also located at the airfield in Gvardeyskaya, where Su-25 attack jets and Su-24 bombers are concentrated. It is these aircraft that Russia most often uses to carry out airstrikes on Ukrainian territory. Journalists counted 10 active military airfields and two aircraft factories in Crimea. Each has ammunition depots and containers with fuel and lubricants, which would only increase the destructive effect in the event of an explosion. The situation on the peninsula changed drastically after an explosion on the bridge over the Kerch Strait people started to realize that soon Ukrainian armed forces may come to the peninsula. Vladislav Selizhnyov, a military expert, told Ukrainian radio that Crimean Tatars and pro-Ukrainian residents of Crimea eagerly wait for the liberation of the Ukrainian peninsula. Ukrainian Tatars, and especially pro-Ukrainian residents of Crimea, Crimean Tatars and pro-Ukrainian residents of Crimea eagerly wait for the Ukrainian army's arrival and the occupiers' flight. It is obvious that the partial destruction of the Crimean bridge undermined the logistics of the occupiers, which provided the basic supplies to residents of Crimea. 
trains are delayed. The summer season was also affected by the absence of passenger air traffic between Crimea and Russian territory. Of course, the Crimeans are dissatisfied. After all, they lost opportunities to earn money. And of course, the Crimeans pay attention to the Russian preparations for a possible Ukrainian offensive, like digging trenches and building concrete barriers. Said Vladislav Selizhnev. The explosion on the bridge over the Kerch Strait on October 8th created serious logistical problems and Crimeans rushed to stores to buy food products. In the first days after the incident, grocery stores set purchase limits for buyers and there were long queues at gas-filling stations. The Russian occupation authorities explained the restrictions by the need to quote-unquote avoid an artificial stir. Krim Rali, the Crimean project of the Radio Liberty Ukrainian Service, reported, citing residents of different parts of the peninsula, that immediately after the explosion on the bridge, Crimean shops sold no more than three kilograms of sugar, salt and cereals to one buyer. The authorities prohibited to transport scrap metal, large-sized metal products and canned food on the Kerch ferry crossing and recommended instead the land corridor through the occupied parts of the Kherson, Zaporizhia and Donetsk regions of Ukraine, in particular through the cities of Melitopol and Mariupol, to Russia's Taganrog. It is not known for certain who or what caused the explosion on the Kerch bridge. Russian mass media suggest a version that the Russian special services, which are allegedly in conflict with the Russian military over the course of the so-called special military operation, could have been involved. But there are no confirmations. Two days after the explosion on October 10th, Russia launched a massive missile strike on Ukraine, which caused civilian casualties and serious damage to critical energy infrastructure, communications, public spaces, civil institutions and residential buildings. Vladislav Selizhnev notes that the general mood in Crimea has changed significantly since Ukraine began to target Russian air bases and other military facilities on the peninsula. Now it is not a safe region, but a frontline region. Crimeans feel that Putin's army is preparing to defend Crimea. However, its defensive efforts will be destroyed by the real work of the Ukrainian army, artillery, in particular HIMARS systems. The mood in Crimea has changed significantly. Crimea has turned from a safe region into a frontline region. All hospitals in Crimea are overfilled with wounded Russian soldiers. Crimea is a military and transport hub. Damaged equipment of Russian military forces is being repaired there, and mobilized reservists are being trained there. The aircraft that launch missiles on the Ukrainian south are located in the peninsula. The taste of war is felt in Crimea and there is no escape from it. Plus, the Crimeans see the trends on their fronts and understand that the Ukrainian army will move forward after the liberation of the left bank of the Dnipro. 
The same propaganda narratives are spread. As soon as the Ukrainian army advances into Crimea, Putin will use nuclear weapons. But these narratives don't work. According to Russian legislation, the Zaporizhia and Kherson regions were also subjects of the Russian Federation. But the Ukrainian army liberated Kherson city and a nuclear bomb wasn't dropped. So smarter people are already moving out of Crimea and the rest are anxiously watching the developments at the front. Said Vladislav Selizhnev. You're listening to Ukraine Global, a program offering insight into important developments in and around Ukraine. This edition of Ukraine Global is about the situation in Crimea after an explosion on the bridge over the Kerch Strait. The underground resistance movement of Ukrainians and Crimean Tatars called Atesh and the general mood of Crimean residents. Are they scared and still confident that Crimea is Russian forever? Or are they looking forward to greeting the Ukrainian army? For the answers, stay tuned to Ukraine Global. In the temporarily occupied Crimean Peninsula, the underground resistance movement of Ukrainians and Crimean Tatars called Atesh claim that they set fire to the Russian barracks with the occupiers in the village of Sovetsky, near the Sea of Azov. The partisans reported on their telegram channel that they managed to do it like clockwork because they carefully prepared it for a long time. They also promised to publish the first lists of the dead Russian military. And the partisans also stressed that they would continue to destroy the Russian army in the rear. According to Serhii Brachuk, spokesman for the Odessa Region Military Administration, there may have been several hundred to several thousand people in the barracks. Vladislav Selizhnev explains the strength of the Ukrainian resistance movement by the evident weakness of the Russian authorities in the peninsula. The Crimean partisans have lately stepped up their activity. The resistance movement would be impossible if the region had a powerful government and tight control. Judging by the growing number of fires, explosions and other incidents at Russian military sites in Crimea, the resistance movement is gaining momentum, while the authorities become weaker and weaker. This process will continue to develop because it is evident that the Russian occupiers don't feel at home in Crimea. This is a foreign land and these are foreign people to them. And the process of reducing the combat capabilities of the occupying army will continue. Of course, there are many different people in Crimea. After the liberation of any of Ukrainian regions, the Ukrainian military would do everything to stabilize the region and track down collaborators and spies. In the future, such measures will be taken in Crimea as well. But this process will be constant and will eventually lead to the integration of Crimea into Ukraine. It will take time and effort. Everything necessary will be done because Crimea is Ukraine. Said Vladislav Selizhnev. So, the general public mood in the Crimean Peninsula is changing. More and more Crimeans, even those who support Russia, can see that something is going to happen. The Ukrainian army is moving forward, and the liberation of the Ukrainian Peninsula is just a matter of time. Even Moscow admits to the prospect. 
On December 8th, President Vladimir Putin's press secretary Dmitry Peskov acknowledged the vulnerability of Crimea to attacks by the Ukrainian armed forces. At the same time, Oleksiy Danilov, secretary of the National Security and Defense Council of Ukraine, said in a recent interview that in the spring of 2023, the Ukrainian armed forces would be in Luhansk, Donetsk and Sevastopol. We just need to be patient and believe in our army, Danilov said. Alim Aliyev, deputy general director of the Ukrainian Institute, believes that the war started with the occupation of Crimea, so it must end with its deoccupation. Із повномасштабною агресією Росії проти України ми бачимо, що в Криму очевидно не лише After Russia's full-scale aggression against Ukraine, we saw that Crimea is not only watching how the war unfolds. For example, pro-Ukrainian residents of Crimea are actively preparing for deoccupation. Here we can also talk about partisan movements that operate in various cities of Ukraine to public opposition, starting with school teachers who do not follow the administration's instructions and do not campaign in support of the Russian soldiers and, on the contrary, explain that this was a complete occupation. You remember the story of Sevastopol when the street chairs were painted with inscriptions Bucha, Irpin. That is the cities where the Russians committed genocide. Ukraine quickly returned to the agenda of Crimea and Crimea to the agenda of Ukraine, because they understood both, on the mainland and on the peninsula, that the war began with the occupation of Crimea, the war must end with the deoccupation of Crimea. Said Alim Aliyev. And that was the weekly program Ukraine Global, prepared by Viktoria Krukova, presented by Vera Kravchenko and produced by Irina Samsonova. And we will finish our program by very important for all Ukrainians and for all Crimean Tatars who are indigenous inhabitants of Crimean Peninsula, the song 1944 performed by Jamala. When strangers are coming Come to your house They kill you all And say we're not guilty Not guilty Where is your mind? Humanity cries You think you are God But everyone dies Don't swallow my soul Our souls
Oh, oh, oh.